my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. everyone and welcome to today's episode of HR Sound Off. I am so excited to have today's guest um, to talk about a topic that we haven't really talked about that much which is career development and um, focus on how we develop our employees in particular. And so to have that conversation with me is someone who I who I met on social media on LinkedIn um, sometime back but just knew the business name did not have an association necessarily with the name so every time I kept seeing this business name come up I'd be like yeah this is really great but then when I finally got to meet Miss Tisha Peters um, then I was able to make the connection and I hope that you guys will enjoy our conversation today so welcome to the sound booth Miss Tisha how are you doing I am fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank, I'm happy to be here. So thank you for having me, Julie. And nice oh, meeting you again you're online. <laughs> it's good to have you here today. So as I said, we're going to talk about career development. But before we get cracking on that, tell our audience, who is Tisha Peters and how did you get here right now? Okay, so I came from Trinidad maybe about 17 years ago. I met and I moved here then. Um, I've been I've been involved in HR for probably most of my life, but officially in Barbados. Um, I, I got my degree very late in life. Um, right. I matured late after the kids were born and I did my um, studies at University of the West Indies. Came back, I did a year in Canada. So I studied mm -hmm. at Brescia University for a year okay. and had a lovely experience over there. Came That's back nice. here and I could not find a job in HR. So I was helping friends with their resumes and their interviews and everything. And I thought, and they were just like, well, why don't you do this as a business? I was like, me as a business? Like, no, 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 I, I, I don't see that, you know? And I was working and whatever. Right. And I, you know, I kept doing it for maybe a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was working as an office at manager for a retail uh, company. And I was doing HR functions there, but there were like maybe three people <laughs> working there, but it was still a good experience. Right. And I believe it would have been in the, you know, when you have these new year resolution, these, this, what we call it, a box. I had a box. Yeah. So I had this box, as I said, in January of 2016. And I said, you know what? Maybe I should make this into a business. And so I did. I registered the business name. I did a course um, at the Barbados Museum. Okay. Had about, had a, maybe about 10, 10 persons who signed up just off the cuff. Nobody, right. no, no major thing. And then I was like, wow, I could actually do this. So I started offering resume writing, mm -hmm. interview skills and um and soft skills right so i registered the name 
I had a Facebook page initially. It started off as Beijing Recruiters and I changed it to HR Recruiters and I changed it to Career Code. So I, I had that progression. Right. You know, it was an right? evolution to it. Yeah. It was an evolution. At the time, coaching was not big and I had no intention of being a coach per right. se. And it was just really to do that. And then I teamed up with a, another friend of mine and she and I came up with the idea of just doing it you know, uh, going out there and doing more. And she introduced me to a uh, fellow, uh, someone who became my biggest client. Right. And at the time it was just developing students and helping them to navigate the workplace basically. Right. So we developed this program, Navigating the Workplace, which evolved later into emerging professionals. Right. And we would do these one day sessions on the same thing, interview skills, uh, resume writing, understanding the job description, which I, I, I thought was, the, which I put as the first thing that you do before you even start yeah. applying for a job, you need to understand the job description. Yeah. And that was a very good, um, that was a very good sounding board. But one of the things that I was very passionate about was really helping young people. So I did a lot of volunteer work, helping young people, just um, understanding where their careers were. Right. I started getting into psychometric testing and understanding how that can work for, um, how that worked for career development. And uh, even just knowing yourself, right. I did a couple as well. I did this and I did a couple others. Okay. And uh, we just kind of, it just kind of evolved from there. Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> nice. So you are now officially career coach to Forsyth. Yes. Based in Barbados. Yes helping young people or anyone who wants to become employed, become employable. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, great. And this is something that is very much needed. I mean, we see that a lot in the Caribbean. Um, yeah. I think we see it a lot globally, but I think um, it always shocks me more um, to know that this part of education is still not happening in the school system. We're still yes. not preparing our young people for the world of work properly. Yes. Because when we have career showcases or whatever, but we're not focusing on how do you prepare them to write a resume, submit a job application, and then conduct themselves in the interview process, um, yes. can, can seem very like you want to pull out your hair type of thing. You know, um, do you feel that way as well? I mean, I feel that way. I mean, sometimes I look at some resumes, like you know, I, I, I worked in HR for the last for the last two and a half years. I was actively in HR. Right now, I'm more into corporate administration with a few HR responsibilities in my day job. Right, and um, when you know, I sometimes I and I do recruiting for my clients. Right, um, when I do recruiting and I see some of the resumes that come in, I'm almost like. Why is your data birth still? Why are people? Why are we still teaching persons? And Absolutely. putting your data birth is something that is opening you to discrimination. Every time you put it on your resume, people yeah. can say she's too young, or she's too old, or he's too this, or he's too that. Yeah. You know, whether you're married, how many children you have, and yes. and it's like I don't need that. Was the eighties? We don't do that anymore. Just no. stop doing it, okay? Yeah. And it's a pet peeve of mine. And I always want, you know, I always have a, a notation. You know, only suitable applicants applicants will be acknowledged. acknowledged. I frequently go and I email them and I say, you know, you may want to do some work on your resume. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not all cases because I'm just like, how oh, I can't let this person go. They're just like, they may have a good resume, but it's just the layout of it is just 
yeah so it's, it's a big pet peeve. It's very confusing it's like am i reading it left or right am i reading it up or down how am i reading this and, right? they, and they don't know and they don't know any better you know it's just like and you see it and i mean if i go through 200 applications i see at least 150 that just are terrible yeah and then another maybe 20 or 30 that are okay but the formatting is off yeah. And then the balance, you know, are the ones that you would just kind of short this. And I do, I tend to read each application that comes in, good or bad. I don't toss them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not an ATS. Okay. So <laughs> I, I do read all of them. Right. You know, but it's a big pet peeve of mine. Yeah. I like what you said before about, you know, sometimes if you see one that's really, really bad, you'll reach out to the person and tell them. I, I think that that's one of the things about the candidate experience that we as HR professionals can get very, um, can, can lose out on as an opportunity to teach someone or coach someone um, yeah. for free, but yeah. just help them to develop and benefit themselves. You know what I mean? And so I love the fact that you um, reach out to at least the ones that I do. Had. Yeah, I do. And I would say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily redo the resume for them, but I'll send some tips and say, you know, maybe you can put this in your resume and that in your resume. And if you need any further information, please contact me. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Right. And then I just leave it up to the individual, but I feel compelled to help. Yeah. And I feel, you know, I have a HR is something I'm very, very passionate about. And mm -hmm. not just the day-to-day -day generalist type of HR. I'm very right. interested in the development of humans um i say humans in a very <laughs> weird way what I mean, human beings capital you know just human beings and just looking at our talents and looking to see what people can bring to the table yeah i like knowing that i can take an employee from being terrified of using technology and then having them master that that art and i feel like it's something that you know as hr professionals we tend to shy away from it because we get so bogged down with the day-to-day -day day disciplines and that's yeah. the person that people come up with you know yeah um so career coach kind of gives me the that ability to actually do it a little bit more mm -hmm. and each time i do a session with students whether it's 25 30 students i keep a whatsapp i may create a whatsapp group for them and we just keep in touch and i would send them applications i would sometimes say well look i'm doing a free session on something why don't you join me I know that Zoom is here. It's even easier to do that exactly. and just get to kind of get to know them. I will keep in touch. And I think, you know, it's a nice relationship to have. Yeah. And I love you know, when they say, hi, Tisha, I got a job. Or they call me, um, can I WhatsApp video call? I have an interview tomorrow. I have no idea what to wear. Yeah. <laughs> is this good? Is this skirt good? <laughs> so yeah. I get lots of pleasure from doing those things. So I enjoy yeah. that part of my life. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's amazing. Um, and I think that you're doing something that a lot of people don't do all the way. Yeah. Some people will teach, um, train people how to create a good resume. Yeah. They may help them to connect the dots where it comes to applying for a job. But the fact that you go the extra mile in actually interview prepping, um, yeah. address code prepping and those kind of things yeah. is a little bit more. Yeah. And this is one of the things that have been a very huge sticking point for me when it comes to recruiters. So like I was having a conversation the other day with one of my friends and they were saying that I feel like recruiters or talent management experts need to become more like sports agents. Yeah. <laughs> right? 
An yeah. agent is not leaving money on the table. Yeah. And they are prepping whoever that talent is that they have. First thing first, they make them feel like they're family. Yeah. Going first to thing. the house, talking to the parents, yeah. all kind of thing. They're smoothing them, whining and dining them. And that's before they've even gotten them a contract. But they see potential. They yeah. see potential. Yeah. And that's why um, basketballers always have all kind of agents and all kind of sports people all around them. And if we as HR professionals looked at human beings like that and just saw potential that there were specific um, clients who we have that we could carry all the way through an organization to get in a job, then you teach them resume, you teach them interview skills, you're teaching them how to dress, how to talk, what to say, mannerisms within the interview process. the etiquette that happens after the interview process yes. in terms of what happens next and how they ask questions in the interview process. But then if you are doing talent like an agent does, you're already going well, to- I, 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 go a, I, I even go a step further. Um, my a friend of mine, we were doing, we added in business, business and, and dining etiquette. And that became one of our biggest courses because I've always said that you teach, you teach people, they take their hard skills, they know it. But when you go for an interview, I've had interviews over a meal. I've had, I go to, I have come, I do company meetings over a meal. Yeah. And you do, you see people, they're struggling with their knife and fork. Yeah. But I, my friend, she is like, she's a guru. I call her the guru of dining. She's just like my, you know, we, we yes. when we, when we were working very, or we still work very closely together, but teaching students how to actually eat with a knife because believe it or not, a lot of a lot of students don't know how to eat and i mean i taught my kids from early but a lot of people don't know no. and it's like when you go for a business when you when what do you want to be what do you want to do when you grow up oh i want to be a, a business an executive i'm like well you need to know how to use a knife and fork at least because if you go to a meeting depending on the circles you're in that will be a requirement if you're going for lunch at hilton or you're going to, you need to know how to at least utilize your knife and fork yes so one day I was teaching these last year we had normally we do maybe 90 students in a session. So we do three three sessions, 30 students each to give that whole um, practical experience. And we, we we teach it in such a way that we mix up all these stuff on the table. So you have to figure it out. And we actually sit down and teach you as you're eating what the right protocols are. So last year, um, I was sitting down after the session was finished. I was eating because I don't eat during the session. So I sat down when I ate. It's like, Mom, are you eating now? Eating? I was like, Yes. Yeah. So I sat down. I was just, I was having chicken wings and I was cutting with my knife and fork. And they were like, How you, you know, let me say it in Beijing, how you get I do? <laughs> I was just like, yeah. Because, it, and they were just very stunned. I said, You can eat the chicken wing with your finger, or if you don't want to do that, you can use your knife and fork. Right. And so it was just very practical how to eat pasta, how to, and then we also have something called net, on the art of networking. Yeah. I believe, I believe I'm a firm believer in networking. And I always, yeah. I've always said to them, to students and to persons who I, I interact with, that a lot of my jobs have always been through networking. I haven't, I can't recall physically applying for a job, right. but it's through connections with persons and meeting people and talking with them and encouraging them to, to get to know you. And then there's an opportunity that comes up and they will say, well, I know someone, you know, I know this young lady, she will be a good fit. And you go in there and you sell, and you sell yourself and you get the job. Exactly. And that is networking. And so I did a session where I took 
um, maybe I had about five, six students, invited them out. It was a free session. Uh, it was at the Radisson at the time. And I took them out and I took them around. I said, well, this is what you do. This is how you do it, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I kind of walked around with them, kind of listened to the conversation. And they said to one, she said to the person, I'm a gardener. So when she finished speaking with the person, I pulled her aside and I said, don't say that. Your resume has landscape architect because she actually studied landscape design overseas. She spent four years doing this. I said, don't oh, say you're a gardener. Sure. Tell yourself. Tell yourself, sweetheart. I said, you're a landscape architect. Yes. Or landscape designer. And she said, okay. And then she went back. And then next thing I know, my girl, they're talking half an hour. She's with this person. I'm like, exactly. And I'm listening to what each person is doing, not intervening and just giving them tips. And that's a practical experience yes. on how to um, do to network in yes. a large setting. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I tend to do stuff like that a lot. And I think it gives me great satisfaction. And it's not about making money or for my business to be, you know, explosive all of that would be great but yeah. it's really any satisfaction to know that even if i have one person it's one person less or yeah. it's one person more that yeah. i can i can say well yes this happened to this person and i i am happy to see when they call me maybe a year later and like ma'am you know da, 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 such and such happened i got a promotion or maybe this i'm doing that da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> or going to do my master's and thank you so much mm -hmm. or if a student who's in sixth form and has no idea what he or she wants to do yeah and they do a psychometric test and they come out and they're like, this is just me. And so now I can figure out. And then I'm like, okay, well, you mapped to this university. This is what you, this is where you should be going. Right. And this is the journey you should be on. But if you don't make that journey, it's okay. There are other ways to get there exactly. and reassuring them that life does go on regardless of where they end up, you know? So I take a lot of hot. I, I'm very passionate about. I, I wish I <laughs> see the glow on your face <laughs> the big smile on your face as you talk about this and yeah. again this is like how i talk all the time about doing the stuff that you love yes. you know um it's really important that you find a way to strike that balance between your nine to five with doing the things that you love and and i can see beyond the shadow of a doubt teacher that you love career coaching yeah. I do. I do. And I thank uh, you so much for that contribution that you are making to, to our community. Thank you so I much. I wish I could do more. I wish I, I would love to do more and more and more. It's just, you know, every as little long bit. As long as the heart is willing, you will find a way. <laughs> you will find I'm a way. Sure. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That I'm sure. <laughs> Definitely. So let me ask you this. What's the worst experience you've ever had in terms of coaching someone in, in developing their resume um like what was the worst resume you ever saw that brought you to the point that said yes i need to help this person um i think i don't know if i've ever had a worst experience but i think i've had most of the uh, most of the interactions i've had have been positive i think one would if I had to think about it, to be quite honest, Julie, I have not really had a bad a negative experience. It's always been, it's been good. I you know if you ask me about HR, that's a different story. <laughs> but coaching has always been a very good um, experience, mm -hmm. and I've not had many challenges I can talk about. So you know, coaching has been uh, one of those experiences where I think has always been positive. 
And I believe that, you know, I've had students who, or at least clients who've said, well, you know, maybe I could say, somebody said, well, you know, I don't know if this is actually going to work for me. And then I would just show them how that mindset is going to keep them back. Right. And I guess it has turned into a positive or they just would, you know, you, sometimes you have to know when someone is not able to, to, to do what they want to do and you just kind of leave them and then they come back at some point and say, well, okay, I'm ready for this now. Yeah. And then you take them on that journey. But I can't say for coaching, that it has been anything negative. I've never really experienced that. It's a rewarding experience all around. It has been, yes. That's yes. great. I really wish you complete success as you go forward in your coaching career. So yes. let's talk about HR in your organization. So you mentioned that you do corporate HR for your organization. What are some of the challenges that you have found as an HR professional throughout your, your career? Um, in corporate HR? Um, for the, one of the challenges I would think is um, just trying to get employees to understand the, co the, business, the business side of things and why business decisions are made. The, what I do is more, is more corporate administration as opposed to um, more core HR, HR. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we... I was promoted in my current role early this year, actually in January. And yeah, thank you. <laughs> and um, it's something that I really, really, it's a different field to me. And I still have some, some not much, there's not an HR responsibility, but I do take on the training and development of our senior team. Right. That is something that I quite enjoy because I love training. Right. And I remember moons ago when I thought of, when I said, okay, I'm, I'm tired of, of my particular job and I wanted to go into HR. Training was where I wanted to, to go. And somebody said to me, oh, training is not, it, it only sounds like a sexy job, but it's not really all that it's cracked up to be is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And you really should, everybody who goes into HR wants to be in training, but I think you should, you should settle for generalist HR work. And I'm just like, okay. no, thank you. Yeah. I want to do training. Right. So I, you know, I enjoy sitting down and coming up with a plan to, you know, I can look at an employee and say, I see this deficiency and it doesn't have to be anything, anything far, you know, anything out of the reach. It can be something just as simple as guiding that employee through using Microsoft Office or doing a PowerPoint presentation or writing a report, you know, or doing a discipline or teaching them about disciplinary procedures or labor relations right. and seeing that employee develop in a way that you know, when you've done and they come back and they say, Fisher, you know, I really appreciated your help. Yeah. And so I know that my heart is in not just seeing people as figures, but seeing people as people. Yeah. And knowing at the end of the day, you know, I can have an employee call me at 11 o'clock when I was in core HR, call me at 11 o'clock crying on the phone because something was happening at home and I would listen, sit down and listen and not discuss it obviously right. and just know that that employee has relieved that burden and mind you i may have to discipline that same employee later on but the idea is that you know one doesn't have to do with the next and I, i'm always able to separate the two mm -hmm. and just really enjoy getting to know staff and getting to know what makes them tick and knowing the triggers for people so i 
I quite enjoy that aspect of my job as well. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I think that that's so important because I think a lot of times HR gets knocked, you know, for not being human enough or being supportive enough, only caring about the business side of things and not caring about the people side of things. Um, but either way, it's all people that take to make up an organization. So the yeah. fact that you take the time to do those kind of things really shows that you are focused on human beings first. Yeah. Well, so, I think it depends on the organization you work for as well. So, you know, I think my company, where I work, you know, we always think about people first. Yeah. And they're, you know, regardless of, regardless of what's going on, you know, it is always people first. And I take that ethos with me wherever I go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though you have your good days and your bad days, at the end of the day, you know, you still need people to do everything. everything. And if I, I may not be able to, uh, to make a bed to, the, to, to standard, as some people would say, but I can train and find the best people to do it and develop them to just not thinking of being a room attendant or being, you know, that's all you can be, but you can be more than, than, than that. And if you're happy to do that, then that's fine. Be the best that you can be, exactly. you know? Yeah. And I think that's what's the, that's really the, the crux of the matter, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. What advice would you give to HR professionals who, who don't have, are, are not working in those kind of supported organizations where the focus is on people first? What advice would you give to them? I think if you're not in, a, in an organization that puts people first and your, your, your personal feeling, your personal uh, mantra is that, then I think it's maybe not the right fit for you. Yeah. And if you're not in an organization where it's not the right fit, you either find the right fit or you create your own fit. Yeah. And I think creating your own fit is something that has come to the forefront during COVID. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot a lot of people I have met over the past six months, I never would have met under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. And you see all these, ama- these amazing businesses coming out, people coming up with all these great ideas. And they, you know, it's just like, yes, that, you know, I can support this, you know? Yeah. So I think if, if you're in an organization where the fit does not fit with your personality, I think it's something that you have to look at realistically mm-hmm. and whether it is you have to train yourself or go back to school and you just bide your time, you, you know, you, you go back to school, you do a certification, you go back and do your degree or your master's or whatever it takes to get that done. Yeah. Or you create your own company or create your own business and you, you know, you just kind of create your own fit. That's yeah. <laughs> what Absolutely. I would say. I, I agree. Because I feel <laughs> like whatever your core values are, you should work for an organization where your core values and, and their core values are pretty much mutual um, right when you start on a base when you start in an organization on a basis where your core values are here and theirs are here then you've already lowered your standards right yeah. um so it's important to make sure that there is that synergy or if as you said there isn't then you create your own right? do you have the time and the wherewithal to do that and if you do then great go for it and if you don't then yeah, right. We're trying to move on, so I agree with that. Definitely, definitely. And I know you know about that firsthand. You're yeah. all too well, all too well. And I think it's it's, it's important. Like I never thought um, six years ago, because when I came, when I moved here, I was in sales, and I 
it was something that I was good at, but I just wasn't happy doing it. And yeah. I told myself, you know, each job that I was involved in, it was always a stepping stone to something else. I yeah. never imagined that six years ago or 17 years ago when I moved here that I would actually have my own business and I could create this amazing experience for hundreds and hundreds of people and you know just quietly just do it I have I don't I don't scream from the hills I don't you know I'm not I guess I'm very humble in some ways mm -hmm. and I just I just don't blow your, just, own, trump, blow your own trumpet this is me you're not humble my dear <laughs> that's not that's not it at all and sometimes you need to let people know what you're like yes again I had yes. a conversation about this yesterday where <laughs> someone was talking about personal branding and she was saying she thought personal branding meant you had to show off about yourself. But personal branding is more about leadership. It's yeah. more about thought leadership. And so it's how you show up in those moments that still help others to know who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I know <laughs> it was something I struggled with for a very long time, Tisha. I will tell you the truth. I struggled with it for a very long time. Because I too was, I'm not one of those people to blow my horn about stuff. And I'd be yeah. doing all these things and my friends and my family and other people would be going, but Julie, you should talk about this and you should say that you did this and you did that. And I'd be like, no, I, I, I don't see why I should be showing these things. But as I learned more about personal branding, I've learned how the art of sharing with people experiences that I've had. Um, right. Because then people learn from them. And you never yeah. know who in the background is going to benefit from that experience that you have. So yeah. my lady, if you've got stories to tell, and tell them. And I have tons of stories to tell. You so need to start telling them to the lady. You need to start sharing with them. Sharing them <laughs> you know, I, I, recently, I recently gathered a few friends of mine. Uh, women who I know, um, women I know who have businesses and are looking to get I guess that support to get themselves out there. And I say, mm -hmm. I said to them, you know, but well, you really should be doing this. Now I can tell you how to get there. <laughs> you know? I'm like a doctor. is a different story, right? Different story. <laughs> and I battled with imposter yeah. syndrome. I, you know, everything you think about, I questioned and I, but I think this year I really have said, this year, 2020 was supposed, it was marked as a year of yes. And even oh, with the good. pandemic, it still is. I have said yes to every opportunity that came away, except for one where I was asked to present at a, con at a conference and I said, no, I couldn't, I, I could not give my, I, I didn't feel ready for that yeah. yet. But I think it in, in itself, you know, you have pushed me. I have another friend of mine. She pushes me. Yeah. My mentor, you know, he said to me the other day, he said, what's, what, Tisha, if you don't do this, what's the worst that could happen? Is it a yes or no? And I said, you know what? Yeah, I, I, you're right. And, you know, so it's been a year of yes. I've said yes to every opportunity that has come my way. Yeah. And um, I, it has been, I have had good experiences and I'm just going with the flow as what they yeah. say. And, and, it, you know, and, and it's only going to get better, my friend. You're right. Like this oh, is a year yeah. of yes, because not in a million years what I have thought I would do uh, uh, something like this. Ah. You know, the podcast and then I, yeah this is not something i would have done even last year so yeah. it's a little bit out of my comfort zone mind you just, I enjoy. A, little, just a little bit and and then you know what's gonna happen more will come out of it so <laughs> let's hope so <laughs> yeah everything ha nothing happens before it's time but everything happens in time so, yes correct <laughs> like so, so, Tisha, so yeah. tell us 
what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think that other HR professionals should be engaged in? Currently, I'm reading um, What Is Your Why by Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. I started reading that book maybe a year ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> Never finished it. Okay. And then I downloaded the audio. You know, there's this yeah, um, audible version. There's an audio audible version, but I also downloaded. There is one of these. It's called Blinkist, I believe, is the app. Okay. So Blinkist gives you like 15 minutes. It kind of gives you like a synopsis of what the book is. Right. So I kind of cheated my way into the book. So because I was just like, okay, I'm never gonna find time to read the book. Right. And then I downloaded it, got the little synopsis of it, and I was like, okay, no, I need to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> so I started. I started to read the book again. Uh huh. And um, it's been. I guess it's one of those things that you have to devote to. Uh, what I'm listening to now, I'm list I do I listen to a lot of YouTube videos from people that I follow. Right. So I watch Erin on Demand, and I watch a lady called Vanessa Lau. She's from Vancouver. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a couple others who's who are not as popular, but I listen. To, I like to listen to things on coaching and development and 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 stuff like that right and you know back in in a few years ago you never be there watching keeping up with the kardashians and i kind of moved although i do think that they, the business ethic is something okay. to look for okay. but i've kind of gone away from the drama <laughs> ah. yes okay cool so we'll, be, we'll share those links to some of those um things that you mentioned in the podcast comments when it's really oh, nice yeah yeah so what is the biggest misconception about the hr profession that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right now the biggest biggest misconception is that we don't have feelings you know people think that hr people just you know we hate hr all they think about is just how much you know they always calling us into meetings and we always in discipline and they don't have a heart and they don't care about people and and I'm just like, well, we do have feelings and we do share, but the problem is that because it's such a confidential part of the business, we don't talk about it. Exactly. So, you know, I think one, that's one of the biggest misconceptions I can think about. Yeah. And that I think people tend to not realize how much HR people do. And while I'm not, mm. I'm no longer core HR, you know, when I was in HR, there was, there were a lot of, things that we did as HR that people never knew. No. And I think it's sometimes I will never like, know. I will never know. You know, um, you know, it's nice when you can see something that would potentially be a terrible situation turn into something that's so positive. And yeah. you know, someone can come back and say, whether they can and you know it's for me, it's not about somebody coming back and saying thank you, but my satisfaction is knowing that I have taken you out of a terrible situation that you were in a good place and you don't have to come back and say thank you. It's nice, yes. but yeah. you don't have to because I can see that you're still functioning, life is going well for you, and that you're happy. And I think that for me is something that is a misconception about hr you know Absolutely. and that we or that they think it's the most glam it, it's so it's very glamorous and you know these hr girls they come out popping but we do hr people work very 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 hard you know yeah. it's yeah it's a lot you know that it's a I lot do. of work I do. <laughs> and very um, all too well. 
So I think that's probably one of the things, you know, yeah. and we do work very, very hard, but yes, we have to look, we have to look hard as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I cannot agree more with you on those misconceptions. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we it. do have a heart and I like, I like your, uh, yeah, we do have a heart. So it's not, we're not all heartless. No, you know? <laughs> no, no. We won't deny that some people are, but no, we won't. for the yeah. most part, a lot of us are not, you know? And I think the ones who make the difference are the ones who are who show their heart and show their 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 the, the ability for employees to follow them. Because you know, you know, you know when employees are into you is when they see you somewhere and they would say, Hi, Tasha, and they don't pass you straight on the road. Exactly. You know very well. You know, I go all over and I see employees. Um, like I saw an employee who I don't know if I can say this here. Um, I saw an employee who he said um, he was in a he 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 was in a situation that he didn't expect me to find him in. Let me just say, right. and I saw him and I looked at him. Our eyes made four, and I didn't say a word. And the next day he just he came and he said, um, you know, I said, let me tell you something. If you feel there's something you need to say, and you need to come and talk about, do it officially. Yeah, officially, I saw nothing. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that well, that went a long way. He did come forward eventually and uh, we dealt with it. But I think sometimes, you know, you have to, you have to be able to, to sometimes call, call it what it is, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for dedicating this time to talk to me today. Really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Where can the amazing people that are listening to this podcast find you on social media, Tisha? So you can find me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Ooh. Not very active on Twitter because Twitter takes up a lot of time. I can't tweet as often as some people. Right. <laughs> no names out. Ah! Um, <laughs> but I, I, I used to, you have to use each social media platform for its use, right? I tweet <laughs> because I want to get feedback on stuff. <laughs> You know, I've only ever had one person re- respond to one of my tweets. And this was many moons ago. I am from the old school. Sorry. I came from, I'm from an older era where I learned when I was doing typing, you leave two spaces behind the full stop. But apparently that changed within the last 10 years. And so I, there was this big debate on Twitter. So I, I tweeted about it. And, this man, and then I got like three or four responses. Yes, there's not one space after the full stop. I was like, all right, then. Well, great. I learned this one thing. <laughs> It was so funny. It was like about six years ago, I think, five, six years ago. Yeah. And it was just, that's the only time anybody's ever paid attention to my tweets. So but I, like, yeah, but I'm, I'm having a 250 word limit, you can, you, you can only use one space. <laughs> well, it used to be 140 back in the day. <laughs> it's now two. It's not gone. <laughs> so I was just like, it's only one space behind a full sun. He was like, yes, that changed so many. It's so long ago. I was like, done. The man oh. just out me that how old I was. Wow. Thank you. Not cool, whoever you yeah, are. Definitely not. But it was a good learning experience. But I'm on Facebook and you can look for um, on Facebook. I'm on iCareerCoach246. On Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn is CareerCoach246. And it's yeah. only that way because I could not register Career Coach as a business because right. somebody had it already. Somebody so I had has to it already. Yeah. To differentiate. It happens. Yeah. It happens. It does happen. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, thank you so much. 
for joining Thank me you. in the Sambos today. You have survived your time. <laughs> I have. Yeah. We look Thank forward so to hearing, learning more from you, about you, and um, wish you all the best in your in your endeavors, my friend. And I'm sure this will not be the last time that you will be here. I hope not. I hope to come again. That's I hope safe. to see you again. And maybe the shoe can be on the other foot next time. Here, here we go. <laughs> look at that. Look at you. Look at you throwing those things all over the place. Yes, but I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to do this and for making it so comfortable. And I just want to say that, you know, I wish you all the best as well in your endeavors. I know you're a very busy, busy woman. And I, you amaze me. Thank you know, you really and I think you are doing a very good thing to help HR people find themselves and to give them the resources that they need to if they need when they need some help. So I think that's also very important. I'll take care of the young people. <laughs> and I'll take, take care, care of the, care of the people. people. Take care of the people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next sound off.